everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Four of a Kind Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Lauren, and on this week's episode, we are featuring an interview with one of my close friends and serial entrepreneur, Janine Samuels. I'll post her bio in the show notes, but just as a quick background, I met Janine when we were both professional cheerleaders with the Washington Wizards. Everyone that has ever met her would say she's so talented and constantly on the go working on some project and expanding her businesses. Yes, multiple businesses. She's the president and CEO of both GS Consulting and Communications, where she does quality and process improvement consulting, and also Sideline Prep, an NFL and NBA professional cheerleading and dance coaching company, where I've actually worked with some of her clients on their dance technique over the years. She has a lot of experience in that realm since she was a professional cheerleader and dancer for 11 years with both the Washington Redskins and the Washington Wizard Girls. Currently, she's growing her businesses and also has a few new side hustles that we'll discuss throughout the episode. She's currently an anchor and reporter for the Prince George's County CTV News in Maryland and the in-arena host for the AFL's Baltimore Brigade. So now that you've heard just a few of the things that she's done since I've known her, you'll realize why we know her as Superwoman. Throughout this episode, some of the things she mentions and some of the things that stuck with me include what her business Sideline Prep does, now how it's evolved because it's wildly successful. She talks about her mentors in depth, and a lot of that I've included links to in the show notes so you can look them up yourselves. She also mentions a few times where there are fears, doubts, and some risk aversion that set in in the back of her mind. But the amazing thing, like I mentioned before, was that everyone around her sees her as a huge success and the woman who has it all together. It was pretty enlightening to hear that even people with significant confidence in their abilities and know exactly what they want still have those nagging feelings in the back of their mind. Finally, Janine talks about the importance of having integrity, and most significantly, integrity with yourself. As entrepreneurs, when you say you're going to do something, no one else is watching. So if you decide to procrastinate, even for a day, or give up on yourself on just a small task, it adds up. Great advice from such a seasoned entrepreneur. So take a listen, and I hope you enjoy my interview with Janine. And as always, we're happy to hear from you, so email us at fourofakindpodcast at gmail.com, that's F-O-U-R, or like us on Instagram at fourofakindpodcast. Thanks for listening. Let's start by giving everyone a background of your company, Sideline Prep. Um, What it is, kind of what problem that it solves, just so everyone understands that it isn't the this is the world that you and I lived in and the genesis of how we met. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's crazy how um, a lot of my relationships um, kind of started with Sideline Prep. But basically, it is a consulting company, but for dance. So we help aspiring professional cheerleaders who want to audition for NFL, NBA, NHL, or any other pro or semi-pro dance teams. We help them prepare for auditions and there's so much that goes into it, as you know. So it's not just danceability and performance and showmanship, but it's your interview skills, how you present yourself, how you walk into a room, um, your nutrition, your fitness, um, your overall look, your makeup, your hair, like head to toe. There's so much that goes into it. But what I've realized is while helping um, young women and hopefully men, because now men are entering the pro dance world, mm-hmm that it really morphed into a confidence coaching um, company as well. So a lot of what I do now is also working with um, 
building mental strength, increasing self-esteem, and really helping um, our lovelies um, really gain the confidence that they need to walk into auditions and feel good about themselves. Yeah, that's key. I, I mean, I remember plenty of auditions where it's grueling the amount of time all that you're there all day long and the mental capacity you need to just like keep retaining everything you're learning, keep going in and performing at your highest level when you were just mentally and physically drained. Right. And then also taking it even a step further is not allowing a no to get in your mindset and equate that to never. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always telling um, the ladies that I work with, no does not mean never. Mm -hmm. No just means not right now. Mm -hmm. But some people allow one no to stop them from their entire dreams. And if if you continue to do that, then you may never reach your ultimate the ultimate outcome. Right. So I also tell them, you know, every no is going to get you closer to your yes. So constantly just reinforcing um, those concepts in different ways is what I find myself reiterating over and over again. So it's more about the mental strength than it really is about nutrition, fitness, makeup, hair, and an audition outfit. Right. And you started sideline prep how many years ago now? Oh my gosh, 10. <laughs> <laughs> this is our 10th year anniversary. Wow. I can't believe it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's evolved a, a lot. So you started with a partner and now you're kind of growing in on your own. It started as a side gig and now it's basically you're trying to make it like your full time. So how has it kind of changed and evolved over time? It's, it definitely started as a side hustle. It started as a passion business. Um, after I retired from the Redskins <laughs> after eight years, um, I thought I was done. I thought, you know, I was um, ready to move on and realized that I really wasn't. And so um, I started the company with um, one of my former teammates, Suen, to just help young women get prepared because there just was nothing like this out there. Literally, when I auditioned for the Redskins, I had no clue what I was doing. And that feeling of walking in unprepared is not a good feeling. Mm -hmm. And so that's really how it started. Now, at the time, I was full-time at Verizon, had been there for about 10 years, and um, was doing this on the side. Mm -hmm. And mainly just during NFL and NBA season. So it was very seasonal, um, didn't really do a whole lot late in the summer into the winter. It really just picked up um, January, February Mm timeframe. And what I realized is that there really is a need for this. There really is a market for this. And we can really help change people's lives. And so Um, just through getting mentors and kind of looking at this business less as a side hustle and more as a career, um, I started implementing, you know, a coaching program. So having those coaching programs and offering services 24-7 year round made it so that the company was not seasonal anymore. Mm -hmm. So it truly did grow into more of a year-long business. Yeah. And you mentioned a couple things that in that that I want to touch upon. For one thing, you were working for Verizon for a long time before you kind of switched. But now you're like a serial entrepreneur. So (laughs) how does that kind of evolve? How do you kind of go, no, I'm not meant for big corporation. I need to be running my own thing. Right. And it's for me, it was recognizing that I had a passion that would not leave me alone. It was this constant nagging in the back of my mind. You need to do this. You need to do this. And it just, it wouldn't die. Mm -hmm. So for me personally, my ultimate passion is to be in TV. 
I want to be an anchor for um, a local, you know, morning television show. Mm -hmm. And so when I had put in my 10 years at Verizon, um, they were calling for like a release in force and you could volunteer for it. I volunteered the first time, got rejected. I'm like, okay, maybe it's not time for me to leave corporate America yet. (laughs) Like, no, we need you. You cannot leave. A year later, I volunteered again. And this time it was approved, but only because I went to my boss's boss to explain why I wanted to leave. Mm -hmm. I knew it was risky. Um, I knew that my parents likely thought I was cuckoo, Mm -hmm. but I really (laughs) felt like that was the time to pursue TV. So that's what I did. I left to pursue a career in television. So I started working at a local um, TV station and, um, only six months, I sent out my demo reel, got two offers back, wow. and my pay would have been like cut by over 75%. Mm-hmm. And the shock of that <laughs> <laughs> made me reassess this lifelong dream that I thought I had. Yeah. So I sort of fell into consulting. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up getting an opportunity to help um, a company with process improvement and applying for the Malcolm Baldridge Award for the state of Maryland. And that literally kind of shifted gears for me. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I started GS Consulting and Communications, which is a consulting company. So for, um, you know, nine, nine, 10 years now, um, I help private sector, small businesses, the government on process improvement, strategic planning, IVMV work, and all of that. My brain works that way. My Mm -hmm. brain does kind of work in a sense of looking at a scenario and uncovering what's wrong with it and Mm -hmm. helping companies to improve. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I was doing for a long time um, in addition to sideline prep as well. Mm -hmm. So it kind of just happened, I guess. But then along the way, because still that nagging voice in the back of my mind would not let the TV thing die, I also um, started hosting, you know, different shows and, you know, different events and was the Ryan Seacrest of the military for about eight years. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I hosted a military version of American Idol, which is the best way that I can explain it. So I literally lived in um, Texas for one month out of every single year and Mm -hmm. did that while I was a wizard girl. Um, And then that transitioned into being the in-arena host for the Mystics, which is the WNBA team, which then transferred into being the host for the Wizards. Mm -hmm. So I hung up my pom-pom after 11 seasons in the pro, which is crazy to think about, and started doing that as well. So this entire time, you know, just trying to find myself and trying to um, make sure that I'm living a fulfilled life while consulting was fulfilling for me because I just feel like that's how my brain works and I'm good at it. Mm -hmm. I truly wanted more of the TV. So I was still able to get that and do that. Mm -hmm. And then I was still able to help young women get get on the sidelines of football games and basketball games. So Mm -hmm. I felt like, you know, this trifecta was working pretty well for me. Yeah. That was actually one of the interesting things because you're my captain on Wizards. And then suddenly halfway through the season, she's also hosting. I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) this girl does everything. (laughs) Yeah, it was so interesting. I remember the very first game I got pulled to host and I was still in my uniform (laughs) in the stands. um, And But it it was great. It was a wonderful experience. And so, again, uh, while I love to dance, I felt like that was the next step for me. So hanging up my pom-poms was definitely a hard decision to Mm -hmm. make, but I felt like it was a step in the right direction. And then plus I still got to come to all the games and still see y'all and, Mm -hmm. you know, still be in the environment. Yeah. 
you talked about one thing um, a couple minutes ago that kind of helped you and helped your confidence going forward, and that was mentors. And we've talked about mentors on this podcast um, a couple times because I think as we our careers evolve, we need to pick up different kinds of mentors and different places where they fulfill us and help us out. So kind of what what different kinds of mentors did you have and, and how did they kind of lean you towards things or help guide you away from things that you thought might be um, giving you that good advice to go to the next thing? Yeah, so definitely, you know, the idea of having a mentor was instilled in me um, at Bell Atlantic slash Verizon. Mm -hmm. So there it was more, I felt like my bosses were really my mentors, so it wasn't really a formal partnership. Mm -hmm. So I just remember like John Catalfamo, who really um, was the person who um, helped me to understand what consulting meant and how to go in and assess an uh, organization and figure out what was wrong with it. That led into another position at Verizon where I was promoted one of the youngest managers under um, Tony Glauday, who really instilled um, the ideas of methodologies and tools like Six Sigma and um, ISO 9000, T, um, TL 9000, Baldridge, those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, once I got into kind of being my own boss and being an entrepreneur, I kind of let a couple of years go by where it was just me and I was kind of just learning through online training and you know things like that. And mm-hmm. I really realized that I needed more one-on-one attention. So my very first mentor, um, Mara Glazier, she's actually the daughter of Bill Glazier, who's um, best known for Insider Circle. And so she helped me realize the concept of instead of one-to-one, like helping someone one-on-one, which was where sideline prep was at that time, Mm -hmm. do a one-to-many um, scenario, So a coaching program. Right. So that's when I implemented the coaching program within my business because before it was literally me working one-on-one with every single person in my right. business, which it's just scalable. wasn't scalable yeah. at all. So then I kind of moved from that coaching program to one that I'm in right now under Ryan Levesque. And he just is a, a brilliant mind. And so his program is really... Um, underscoring the importance of knowing who your clients are and asking what they want Mm -hmm. and giving them what they want, but using their language and um, their responses to your questions within your marketing material so that you resonate with Mm -hmm. your um, potential clients. Right. Um, And then another mentor that's had a huge impact on me um, is Jim Fortin. And so this is a little woo-woo, but it's all (laughs) about really understanding how your mind works and really understanding that your subconscious controls almost everything that you do and you don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. So any fears or um, negative thoughts that you have or feelings of doubt, all of that can, um, you can overcome all of that once you learn that your brain is only doing that to protect you. Right. And then you can really just say, okay, brain, I'm good. I'm okay. Thank you for trying to protect me, but I've got this. And it really helps you to figure out how to move past those feelings of doubt and fear and overwhelm and train your subconscious to think differently. Yeah. And so he's been very instrumental in me just learning about who I am as an individual and understanding that everyone has fear and doubt and everyone is scared of risk and you know everyone is fear is, is fearful of getting out of their comfort zone right. but it's all in how your brain takes that information and does something with it differently mm-hmm. that helps you to overcome those fears right and we we've talked about risk you know kind of risk tolerance is there ever i mean 
might be putting you on the spot a little bit, but <laughs> is there ever a time that you can remember risk was about to overcome you or something? You just, and you, how did you get through that? Was there ever a time where, you know, maybe, maybe you just always been super risk tolerant and you're sort of like, I'm going to go for it no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, let me give you two scenarios. So one scenario um, is where I allowed risk to stop me. Mm -hmm. So in this scenario was um, what I spoke about earlier when I received the two offers that basically was going to mean a 75% pay cut for me. And I decided to go a different direction. When I look back on that, it was really not about the money. Mm -hmm. That was part of it, but it was more a fear, a fear of literally, oh my gosh, what? I'm really going to be working at a TV station now? (laughs) Like, oh, what? Really? There's going to be a live truck and I'm going to have to go live in front of everyone for real now? So I think it was just a fear of thinking that I didn't have the skills and the, the competence to really go into that industry and be successful because I had literally only been in it for six months and then got an offer. So in that sense, um, that was fear that now, almost 10 years later, I'm now coming back and trying to um, fix it yeah. by working now at another TV station, right? right? So that, set, that fear set me back about eight to 10 years, okay? <laughs> um, now there's other times, I, there's so many different scenarios just within sideline prep where I was just fearful of asking, fearful of just saying, hey, I'm thinking about doing this workshop And I would really love for you, the coach of the Redskins, the coach of the Wizards, the coach of the Baltimore Blast, the coach of the Ravens, Mm -hmm. to come and teach at my workshop and allow, you know, potentials to come and learn from you. I let that um, fear overcome me for about a year. And then I decided, I'm just going to ask and see what they say. Yeah. They might say yes. Right. And lo and behold, all the coaches <laughs> said yes. So now I have a very successful annual pro cheer workshop yep. where the top coaches, if you've attended that workshop, yep. <laughs> the top coaches in this area come and they teach. Mm-hmm. And it's just an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. But that's one in which I almost let the fear stop me, but decided I wasn't going to. And now I have this annual event that has you know close to 150 people attend every single year. Right. And I was about to say, it's always packed. and I think it never fails that it always snows too (laughs) this year was the same there was um, a threat of snow Um, nothing actually happened but some of the teams from New York ended up not coming down because they were fearful that snow might come so all things happen for a reason though so um, now I actually see you hosting quite a bit so it seems like that part of your career is now, you say it's pushed you back, you know, eight years or so, but I mean, that's not how I don't think anybody on the outside sees it. So can you go into detail kind of what you're doing on that side and kind of all the other amazing extracurriculars you have? <laughs> <laughs> sure. So yeah, I always like whenever I start to get down on myself and say, where, where could I have been? Or what if I would have done something differently? And I always have to remind myself that I am exactly where I'm supposed to be at this moment in time. Like the man upstairs, this was in his plan and this is where he wants me to be. So mm-hmm. I try whenever I have those thoughts, I recognize them and replace them with I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate you saying that, um, even though like, I feel like I'm about, shoot, probably 15 years off (laughs) of my, because this original (laughs) desire to go into TV started when I was in college. Um, 
whole nother story for a whole nother episode. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I am a now anchor and reporter at a um, TV station. It's local news. It is evening news. I eventually want to go into morning news. Mm-hmm. So I'm working there anywhere from two to four times a week freelancing. Cool. So it's just such a learning experience and just amazing environment um, to be in. It's a very hard industry. Um, people on TV make it look really easy, mm-hmm. uh, but there's a lot that goes into it. I also host just a lot of, um, you know, networking events, um, just, you know, different things around the D.C. area. People will ask me, hey, would you mind hosting this or hosting that? And I always say yes to any of those opportunities. Um, as you know, I host the Redskins Cheerleader um, big auditions yep. and then their calendar <laughs> release party every single year. I did that for the Wizards for a couple of years as well. So that's definitely a big part of who I am and I'm very passionate for that part. Um, I feel like it's kind of in my zone of genius um, in the sense that um, it comes pretty easily for Mm -hmm. me. So I like to kind of stay in that arena if at all possible. But then I am very career driven. Um, I want to be financially successful and secure so that I can, you know, live the life that I want to as far as taking vacations, making sure that my nieces and nephews can travel with me and all Mm -hmm. of that good stuff. So then I'm also into real estate. So I flip homes as well. Just literally yesterday, one of my (laughs) houses in Baltimore um, is listed. Nice. So it's open for viewers. (laughs) And um, once that sells, I've already purchased another um, property that I'm flipping as well. So we'll probably start working on that within the next couple of months. Very cool. Yeah, we, um, that's another thing that we have in common. We have like the creative side where we're trying to, you know, we do dance and, and you're hosting. I have my vineyard, like podcasting, all of this other. And then we have like our serious side. And then we also have all these other things like <laughs> you flip homes. I have rental properties. Like there's just so many things going on. Um, but I think it takes all of that to kind of keep your attention and kind of like keep you moving forward and feeling like you're always doing something and attacking the next problem. It's just kind of, it has, you have to, it has to go like that. That's just the way our personalities work. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I think... For me, because I have a lot of interests, just as you, and are good at multiple things, it for the longest time was just really hard for me to give up any one to focus on another. Mm-hmm. So there's that saying, you know, jack of all trades, a master of none. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe in that in a sense, but then I don't, right? Yep. So I haven't lived that way ever. <laughs> <laughs> but now that I'm at that place where... Um, I am prioritizing my interests and what really matters to me. I do see the validity in that quote. Yeah. Because now I'm really trying to move from the consulting world and helping, you know, three to six clients at any given time, which is difficult Mm -hmm. to just focusing on sideline prep Mm -hmm. and growing that business so that I can help even more women. Like we reach women in Japan. Yeah. So if we can do that and help them get on teams, we can help, you know, anyone. And I'm very passionate that we can, you know, do that and then focus on TV. Mm -hmm. So those are kind of my two areas right now. Whereas in the past, it's literally been five to, you know, seven different things that I had my hand in. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's hard to breathe in that environment sometimes, even though we make it work. Mm -hmm. We do what we have to do because that's in our personality. I am realizing now that if I put more attention and focus into one or two things, then I can be really, really good in those one or two things and Mm -hmm. be sustainable. But then, yeah, have some side projects. (laughs) So like, you know, house flipping, uh, that's my little side project right now. But I I agree with you. I just don't know that it's um, 
part of our personality to just be satisfied with one thing. Yeah. So do you think that that's one of the looking back on all the things that you've done so far and what you want to still accomplish? Do you think that that's one of the things that you would say um, 10 years ago? That's a piece of advice that I would say focus on more or like what advice would you give yourself 10 years ago? Oh my gosh. So there's so much that I feel like I know now (laughs) (laughs) that I wish I would have known. The biggest thing I think for me would be to just follow your genius and not the money. Mm -hmm. So follow what you're passionate about, follow what you enjoy doing because then it doesn't feel like work. Mm -hmm. Um, and the money will come. Yeah. And so I made that mistake. So when I graduated from the university of Richmond, I had the choice of going into TV at that time or working for Bell Atlantic, the Bell Atlantic price tag and that salary blew (laughs) the reporting (laughs) amount out of the water. And I went that route. Mm -hmm. I don't regret it. But I just wonder where I could have been, Mm -hmm. even though I know this is where I'm supposed to be at this moment right now. (laughs) So I would definitely say just follow, you know, what you're passionate about, follow your genius, um, and then everything else will kind of fall into place. Um, There's this great book called Success is Not an Accident by Tommy Newberry, one that I think everyone should pick up and read. And then also um, The Big Leap, Mm -hmm. which both talk about this zone of genius that you should be operating in and working in um, every single day of your life. Mm -hmm. Because if you are doing something within your zone of genius, something that comes easy to you that you enjoy, then like I said, it, it won't feel like work. Right. The other thing that I would definitely tell myself is to always surround yourself with people that are going in the same direction as you. And you really have to kind of up your average. And what I mean by that is there's this quote that talks about um, you are the average of the five people that you hang around the most. Mm -hmm. When I first heard that, I panicked. I'm like, oh no, are you serious? (laughs) Not that, you know, my, the people that I were around were horrible people because I love them and I still hang out with them and we're, but they weren't entrepreneurs. Yeah. So their minds didn't work like mine Mm -hmm. and they just didn't have the goals that I had. Mm -hmm. And so that's when getting into a coaching program and a mentorship really helped me because then I'm able to talk entrepreneurship with other people that understand what I'm going through. And I feel like it really helped me to up my average in the sense of being business minded and really focused on taking risk and living outside of my comfort zone. Um, The other thing that I would definitely tell myself is to learn how your mind works because then you won't get so down on yourself when you're feeling like you just want to sit on the couch and watch TV. Right. You won't get so down on yourself when you don't want to get up in the morning. You won't get so down on yourself when you don't feel motivated. Because if you learn that it's just your brain trying to protect you and keep you comfortable, then you can say, okay, I know what's happening. And I'm going to now, five, four, three, two, one, get up out of bed. So a lot of that realization, literally, I just learned it within the past year. And Mm -hmm. so it's really helped me to be more productive and push through those lazy days and the lack of motivation and the fear. So just knowing and understanding how your subconscious works and how you can reprogram it, I think, is is a big deal. And it's something that we should be taught in school, yeah. not something that you should have to wait until you're in your 20s, 30s, or even 40s to learn. Yeah, well, I think that's probably why entrepreneurship can be scary at times, because you are just self, totally self-motivated. You know, if you don't want to do, you know, move forward something today... No one's going to yell at you that you're not doing it, like <laughs> just you. So it's like to actually get that kind of self-motivation is totally necessary. And it's easy to kind of just be like, nah, I'd rather not. Yeah, because you are your own CEO, like yeah. literally your own CEO. And if you don't have other income 
coming in. So if it's not your side hustle that you're trying to make your your main job, then it's easy to not move forward because mm-hmm. you know you still have money coming in. Where the true risk comes in is when you put it 110% in, which is kind of where I'm, I'm in that space right now, mm-hmm. where um, I literally have one consulting client left. It's their slow season. So I have no money coming in on that side of the business. Mm-hmm. And this is by design because I have to force myself to kind of push forward and really make sideline prep work and reach as many women as I possibly can. The last thing that I would say is to just, for me, to just be a person of integrity, meaning um, do whatever it is that you say you're going to do. And this is not just for other people. Like, of course, whatever you tell your clients you're going to do, your friends, your family, you should be a person of integrity and follow through with that, right? But also do what you say you're going to do to yourself. And for yourself. Mm-hmm. So every single time that you wake up on time without snoozing, you're being a person of integrity. Every time that you work out when you say you're going to work out, you're being a person of integrity. And the more that you honor your commitments and honor the things that you say you want and accomplish the tasks for that goal that you want, then you're going to start having more confidence and more motivation and more excitement mm-hmm. for your life for yourself and for your ability to get stuff done. So you just have to be a person of integrity for those around you, for the people that you serve, but most importantly, a person of integrity for yourself. Right. And I'm sure that speech goes very well with all of your clients that are going forward at Sideline Prep. I'm sure they take that to heart seriously. Most definitely. And it's it's hard. Yeah. It is really hard sometimes to do what you say you're going to do, yep. um, especially when no one's looking and it's just going to impact yourself. Mm-hmm. When you have an accountability group and there are other people holding you responsible and you know that you'll let someone else down, it's easier to do those things. Mm-hmm. But when it's just, it's so weird. We are okay with letting ourselves down yep. and we just can't do that. So yep. we just, you know, you have to push forward and not let yourself down. Right. Well, thank you, Janine. I think that is a great positive note to end on. Um, And I think overall, a lot of the things that we covered are really going to help a lot of our listeners and really understand kind of how entrepreneurship evolves, how you, all the different ways you can get into it, um, all the different avenues that it can take and what it can look like. So I really appreciate it. Thank you for being on Four of a Kind Podcast. Yes, of course. Thanks for having me. It's such an honor. Yeah, good. All right. Thanks, guys.